welcome to the Preston Minster podcast. We want you to find your home, find your purpose and transform your city. Fantastic. So I'm actually going to start this morning. Uh, do you know what? I'm going to start with a little bit of a, of a confession. I feel like I need to confess something to you guys this morning when I can find my place. Here we go. Um, when I was a young boy, I nearly broke into a song then. Do you remember that song? When I was a young boy. Anyway, when I was a young boy, uh, uh, my family, we used to go to church. And I remember that we used to, we used to come in to the, to the service, like towards the end. And we used to kind of sit near the front as some of the young people. And uh, uh, one of my vivid memories was actually that we had um, bricks behind the, behind the wall, behind the vicar here. There was like a brick wall. And I remember what I used to do was I used to imagine making a goal. I used to imagine making a goal in my mind. And I imagined just curling it into the top corner. So I was obviously engaging really well. And then the team built this. <laughs> so every Sunday, it looks like a goal. So that's what I do every Sunday. Um, and I'm like that. No, it's not true. Anyway, one, I remember one of the things we used to do was we used to share in something called communion. And we used to come forward and we used to kneel here and there was like a little rail. And the vicar used to give out bread to everyone. And he used to give out wine, which was actually black currant juice. And um, I remember as a child knowing that this was something significant. But I used to think I was a little bit cool. That's right. And uh, I used to go up. I used to receive the bread from the vicar. And then I used to close my hand. <laughs> I know, this is rebellion. This is the height of my rebellion. And I used to pretend to eat the bread. <laughs> and then I used to sit down next to my mate, so cool, and be like, I've still got the bread. <laughs> I mean, that is cool, isn't it? And then I used to just eat the bread. <laughs> so, um, but one of my earliest memories was about the communion. And I remember thinking there's something special about it. I, I knew something significant was happening, but I was a little bit confused. And I want to say to you this morning, if you are a little bit confused about exactly like what communion is, what we do, you're in the right place. If you're thinking, actually, I've never even seen communion at church. I've only ever seen it on a, on a film or a TV program. That's okay. You're welcome. And we're going to explore it a little bit this morning. If you're, if you've, if you're someone who's been part of a church uh, in the past for quite a long time, you might be thinking, we don't do communion very often here. What's going on? And that's okay. We're going to be exploring a little bit of the reasons why. And the answer to that question is COVID, essentially. We will, we will get back to doing it more often. You might be thinking, is communion the same as the Eucharist and Mass and the Lord's Supper and the Last Supper? And you might have heard all these things. It's okay. We're going to explore exactly what communion is this morning. If you're confused about communion... Do not worry. So let's take it back to its most basic. What is communion? Communion is when a group of believers gather together and share in the bread and the wine 
because Jesus told us to remember him. Jesus said, sharing bread and wine together as groups of believers. And the event in history when Jesus told us to do that happened at the Last Supper. And we'll come on to that in a moment. But it happened at the Last Supper, and it was recorded by three of the gospel writers. And uh, so we've got quite a few different pictures of that community, of that moment, sorry. And also, we've got another part of Scripture that refers to that event as well, when Paul wrote a letter to the church in Corinth. So we have quite a lot of Scripture that talks about this moment and the importance of it. And we're going to pick up different bits of it today. So let's take a look first at Luke's account. So if you've got your Bibles or you want to open your phones, that would be great. Uh, It'll also come on the screens as well. We're looking at Luke 22, and we're starting at verse 14. It says this. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So, communion. The first thing we notice from that passage is that it took place at the Passover. Now, the Passover was the most important festival for the Jewish people, for the people of God. And what happened at the Passover is that they would gather, they would share in this meal, and they would remember God rescuing their people. They'd remember that God was faithful, like we were talking about just before, that God is faithful to them. That is what, and it was the most significant. It's like Christmas without any of the commercialization and just the significance. It was so important, such a key moment. And it was there that Jesus shared this meal and he said, talked about his body and his blood the day before he was going to die, the day before he was going to be crucified. And the second thing we notice from the end of that passage is that he referred to something called the new covenant. The new covenant. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which begs the question, what's the old one? (laughs) What's going on? So the first angle that we're going to look at communion this morning, we're going to look at it at three different angles. The first angle is communion as covenant, communion as covenant. So first, first, first things first, what is a covenant? A covenant at its most basic form is a contract. It's like a deal or a, a contract. And so, in the same way, if you're going to buy a house, then you have to make a deal. Yeah, you've got to say, I'm going to pay this much, you're going to accept it. That's the deal. And then the deal is binding. So, when you sign a contract for the house, it's then binding. And if the contract is broken, there are consequences. 
Okay, so if somebody paid the money, but the other person didn't hand over the keys, that's not okay. There's going to be consequences to it. And a covenant was kind of like a contract in that way. However, it was so much more than that too. A covenant in the Old Testament, it was, it was not only a contract, not only a deal, but it had a depth to it. It had a kind of submission to a higher power. It had submission to, to, who, to God, essentially. And the best example we've got in our modern world of a, of a covenant is that of a, of a marriage. Because when you get married, you do sign a contract. You literally sign the register. And it is binding. Things change legally. Your legal status changes. And if that is broken, there are consequences. But a wedding doesn't take place in a solicitor's office. It takes place in the middle of a ceremony because it has a depth to it, because it's so much more than the contract. It is the coming together of a man and a woman and commitment to one another. And it's saying, this is so much bigger than just the contract. So a covenant is kind of like that. So in the Old Testament, covenants were a fairly common uh, thing. And at this point, I'm going to ask Raham to join me on stage. So, Raham, would you just mind standing here for me? Let's give Raham a round of applause. He's not done anything yet, but let's give him one anyway. So Raham, you're here. And um, Raham, we're going to pretend that we are like Old Testament people, okay? So um, Raham, you're representing the Rahamites, okay? Because everyone in the Old Testament it ends with ites. And I am representing the Timonites, okay? So you guys, you're on Team Timonite. Come on, let's do that, Timonites. Rahamites, come on. Yes. Oh, there's some keen ones there. Now, we are like neighboring people. And we're like, okay, I want this bit of land, but you want this bit of land. And this could end in carnage, okay? Your people and my people, we could have a bit of a war. But what we decide to do is we decide to come up with a deal, okay? So we're coming up with a contract. We're coming up with a covenant. And so we come up with the terms and we say, you're going to stay there. We're going to go here. I'm not going to attack you. You're not going to attack me. And we decide the terms of the deal. But we want to make it so much more than this verbal agreement. We're going to make it a covenant between my people and your people. We're going to enter into a covenantal relationship. However, it's a little bit more gross than a wedding. Because what happens is we're going to cut a cow in half. Blood, guts, everything spill everywhere. And then we're going to have two sides to this carcass. So um, the wonderful Alice and the wonderful uh, Vicky, you're going to be two halves of a carcass. Is that all right? You just have to be half a carcass and you be the other half of a carcass. Uh, I probably should have asked before doing that, which I definitely didn't. And what would happen is um, me and Raham, we are going to walk through. So Raham, could you just walk through the middle of the carcass there and just stop at that black bit there? That's it. That's, oh, good acting, Vicky, good carcass. And you keep going. And then, and I am, I too, I am going to walk through this 
carcass as well. And there's blood everywhere. Come back with me. And um, the blood is representing the judgment that will be upon Raham or the Rahamites or Tim and the Timonites if either one of us break our side of the covenant. He's saying, may judgment be upon me and my people if I break this covenant. And may judgment be on Raham and his people if he breaks his covenant. Now I want to tell you another story from Genesis 15 where God made a covenant with Abraham. And obviously in this situation you're going to represent God That makes a lot more sense. And I will be uh, Abraham. And Abraham and God, they make this, this this covenant. And God says, I will be your God and you will be my people. I will be your God and you will be my people. So I need to be faithful to God and God needs to be faithful to me. But then let me show you what happened. God appeared as a kind of blazing furnace in a smoking pot. And what happened was that God went through the two halves of the carcass. Good acting from Vicky and Alice again. Excellent. But Abraham wasn't required to go through. Let's give Raham a big round of applause. <laughs> Friends, it is hugely, hugely significant. Do you see what was happening? God was saying, I will take the consequence if either side of us break the covenant. He's saying, it's on me. If you are unfaithful to me, I will pay the price. Judgment will be on me. I will pay. My blood will be shed. It's huge. Now let's fast forward to the Last Supper where Jesus is gathered around that table with his friends. He's sharing in the Passover, celebrating the faithfulness of who God is. And he takes the cup and he says, this is the blood of the new covenant. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying, my blood's going to be shed tomorrow. I'm going to pay the consequences for your unfaithfulness. For all the times when you've rejected me, I'm going to take it on me. And I'm going to put it right so that we can enter into the new covenant. Let me read you a prophecy that Jeremiah prophesied about uh, this new covenant. It's from Jeremiah uh, chapter 31, uh, start, it's verse 34. It says, No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least to the greatest. All know, declares the Lord. And for I will forgive their wickedness and remember 
their sins no more. Friends, when Jesus took that cup, when Jesus said, I'm going to do this tomorrow, the new covenant is going to begin and it's a place where all can know me. It doesn't matter if you're the priest in the temple or you're the least. All will know me and you will be completely forgiven. I will remember your sins no more. This is a huge moment. Everything changed that week. And Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So when we gather around this communion, we are gathering as people of the new covenant. So when we, when we share in this together, we are doing that. We are people of the new covenant. And I, for one, just find that mind-blowing. That God desires to be in a relationship with you and me so much that he was willing to make that covenant and to take that judgment upon himself. He loves you. So that's the first angle that we're looking at communion this morning, communion as covenant. The second angle that we are looking at is communion as commemoration. So we're going to read uh, from 1 Corinthians 11, and uh, let me read you what it says. Jesus said this, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So when we, when we gather around the table, we're thinking about covenant, but we're also commemorating. We are remembering. And I don't know about you, but we live in such a fast-paced world, don't we? We're, we're constantly going. And so when we, when we gather to do this, it's an opportunity to stop and to commemorate, to remember. In our, in our world, we, we, we commemorate world wars. It's not too dissimilar to that. But it's an opportunity to stop and to remember. Because Jesus said, I want you to do this. I want you to take the time to do this in remembrance of me. We are remembering that Jesus, who is fully God and fully human, came and sacrificed himself. So that's the second angle. When we come to communion, we are commemorating. So we're people of the covenant. We're people of commemoration. And the third angle that I want us to look at this morning is communion as community. As community. The first believers, they started sharing bread and wine together really, really quickly. <laughs> they, they knew that this was something that was going to be part of their practice. And uh, again, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse uh, 16. And this is where Paul was writing to the church in Corinth. And he was writing with some instructions about what exactly is going on when we, when we do this, when we share in the bread and wine together. So let me, let me read this, starting at verse 16. He said, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks 
a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? And then he said, because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body because we all share in the one loaf. Friends, when we gather around this table, when we share in communion together, we are sharing in the community of faith. There are 2.3 billion followers of Jesus around this world. 2.3 billion people following Jesus. And when we share in this bread, we are sharing with the church in Africa, in Asia, in America, in South America. We are sharing with the church in Europe. We are coming together with every tribe and every tongue. And we who are many are one because we all share in the one loaf. We are one community. We are one. And when we, when we join in it, we're sharing with a community of people who do church and do communion very, very differently. We have people, we have the Catholic Church, the Greek Orthodox Church, Free Church, Pentecostal Church, High Church, Low Church. But we, who are many, are one body because we all share in the one bread. We are a community. And the amazing thing as well, do you know, it doesn't matter if you are Pope Francis or if you are the Archbishop of Canterbury or you are the leader of the biggest church in the world or you became a Christian two minutes ago. It doesn't matter because we who are many are one body because we all share in that one bread. I find that incredibly moving. Remember that prophecy from the least to the greatest? We all come, we all share, we are all one community. And that's what we believe here at the Minster. That's what we believe as we gather in our little church, in our little city, in our little island of the UK. We carry that, that sense that commun- communion is a place of community. So going forward, we're going to be sharing communion together about every, about every six weeks. Uh, in normal times, that will be our practice. And as we do... I, w- I want to invite you to remember that we are, we're thinking about covenant, we're thinking about community, we are thinking about commemoration as we do it. But you know, ultimately, if you imagine that's a triangle right at the center, communion is about Christ. He said, in some mysterious way that we cannot understand, this is my body and this is my blood. So in some way, we get to encounter Jesus as we share in this together. 
I want to finish by telling you a little story. Uh, the night before I became a vicar, which sounds a little bit like the night before Jesus died, and it definitely wasn't as painful as that. But the night before I uh, became a vicar, I remember really, really vividly, uh, we were on this little retreat, and we were in this, um, I was in this dorm room, and uh, I knew that the next day I was going to become a vicar, and then the day after, I was going to go back to this church, and I was going to lead communion for the first time. And uh, I was in my little dorm, and I had my words out in front of me, and I'd got like a plastic cup, and I was practicing, and then I got some like pretend bread, and um, I was dead nervous. I was so nervous. I was thinking, I'm definitely going to mess up the words. I'll read it wrong. I'll say something stupid. And then I was thinking, the church that I was going to do it at, they do a few more actions and a few more things, and they wear different clothes, and I was like, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess this up. And then, in that little dorm room, I felt God whisper something to me. He said, Tim, all I want you to do is tell the story and invite people into the story. That's it. And I suddenly felt okay. And so this morning, you've heard some of the story. And I want to say to you, this is your story. This is your story. You are part of the covenant story. You're part of the history that goes all the way back to Abraham and before. You are part of the story of the global church. This is your story. And you are invited. You are invited to join in with that story this morning. Amen. Amen. Can I invite you to stand? I invite you to stand. And our response to God this morning is going to be to share in that communion together. Just ponder that for a moment. Just ponder the fact that you are invited. We're going to have some words come on the screen. There's going to be uh, some words that you're invited to uh, respond with as well. Let's just take a moment to be still. The Lord is here. His spirit is with us. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. You made the world and you love your creation. You gave your son Jesus Christ to be our savior. And his dying and rising has set us free from sin and death. And so we gladly thank you with saints and angels praising you and saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, 
Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We praise and bless you, loving Father, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And as we obey his command, send your Holy Spirit, the broken bread and wine outpoured may be for us the body and the blood of your dear Son. On the night before he died, he had supper with his friends. And taking the bread, he praised you. He broke the bread and gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when supper had ended, he took the cup of wine. Again, he praised you, and he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So Father, we remember all that Jesus did. In him we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon that cross. And bringing before you this bread of life and this cup of salvation, we proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes in glory. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Please be seated as we say the Lord's Prayer together. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Thank you so much for listening to the Preston Minster podcast. We'll see you again soon.